When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good Monday morning, Rams fans. This is Kenneth Arthur, and today I want to give you my three thoughts, the final thoughts here on Rams, Colts, Rams win 27-24 in Indianapolis, take a fourth quarter lead after a botched punt attempt turned into a touchdown for Indianapolis to give them the lead, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup were able to lead L.A. right back into the end zone to take the lead and win 27-24 in Indianapolis. Always good to get a road win. Certainly some things that the Rams would like to not see happen again in the future, especially that uh, muffed snap, I guess, where that hit Nick Scott and became a touchdown for the Colts. But more than anything else, the Rams, I think you got to be grateful when you make some mistakes and you win because in this league, you will make mistakes no matter what. That's part of the game. That's part of what you buy into that this goofy game results in some mistakes for either side that you can't really control. And I know you want to clean it up and be a perfect team, but you can't win the Super Bowl, nor is the goal to win the Super Bowl ranking first in every single category. The Rams would like to rank higher in some categories, perhaps, but I do think that we will get into today a little bit of what I'm not concerned about with regards to the run defense and the mistakes that the Rams make. But what I want to do, just like I did last week, is what I love, what I hated, and what I was indifferent about in the Rams. 27-24 victory against the Colts to improve to 2-0. And that's the first thing that I definitely love is seeing Sean McVay get out to another 2-0 start as the Rams had no issues with the Bears or the Colts, what they bring offensively. For the most part, you know, uh, the Rams defense only allowing 17 points yesterday. So it's just really good to see Matthew Stafford come out in the in these first two games, leading the NFL in adjusted and net yards per passing attempt, being very efficient, and uh, even the interception. Not really anything that anybody should be concerned about, given that it was a deflected pass. So overall, I think there's a lot to take away from a positive, optimistic standpoint. The Rams are 2-0, which you got to be in the NFC West. The 49ers are 2-0. The Cardinals are 2-0. Uh, the Seahawks are one and one, but uh, the whole division seems like it is going to be a dogfight week in and week out. So for the Rams to go on the road and play a team that was 11 and five last season and to get a win and improve in two and oh, it is a good thing. And that is uh, the number one thing. So let's get into what I loved specifically. And what I loved is Cooper Cup and Jalen Ramsey are starring early in the season through these first two games. Cooper Cup back to back hundred yard games with multiple touchdowns he has three touchdowns which is as many as he had all of last season he has 200 yard games which is almost as many as he had all of last season which is three and he seems to just be really invigorated playing with Matthew Stafford seems like Cooper Cup is able to showcase all of his talent at one time 
at, at, you know, game in and game out, but it's only been two games. I will say in the first half of 2019, Cooper Cup was one of the leading receivers in the NFL, very explosive. And after his 220-yard performance in the eighth game of that season, you might have thought, wow, 15, 16, 1,700 yards is capable for Cooper Cup. And then he didn't really perform to that level again for the rest of 2019. And unfortunately, we did not see uh, a lot of those explosive play uh, games again in 2020. And now right out of the beginning with 2021 with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup has 271 yards, which is good for third in the NFL, which, by the way, number one and number two are also in the NFC West. So, yeah, it's kind of a tough division. And DeAndre Hopkins isn't even one of those guys. So uh, I, 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 I'm definitely happy to see Cooper Cup come out to the season with such a strong start. And my hope is that the consistency is there now that Matthew Stafford is there and that uh, Cooper Cup will be able to be productive week in and week out. But what about Robert Woods? What about Tyler Higby? What about Van Jefferson? What about Deshaun Jackson? Not as many opportunities or not as many yards for sure between those players. Robert Woods through two games has been targeted 13 times. He has eight catches for 91 yards. Tyler Higby has been targeted seven times. He has six catches for 76 yards. And Van Jefferson has been targeted six times. He has three catches for 94 yards, which is just a pale in comparison to what Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup's been targeted more times than Robert Woods and Tyler Higby combined. So Matthew Stafford likes Cooper Cup. Uh, he might also just like these particular matchups. And next week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe he likes the matchup that Woods has. Maybe he likes the matchup that former Tampa Bay receiver Deshaun Jackson has. Um, maybe he likes the matchup that Van Jefferson has. And maybe he spread it around and nobody will get favored against Tampa Bay in week three. But through two games, it's been Cooper Cup. And who's better to sort of represent as your best receiver than Cooper Cup? Uh, very talented player. Matthew Stafford had effusive praise for Cooper Cup after the game, of course. And I think that we should all have effusive praise for Cooper Cup because he's not just making cool catches, right? He's, he's uh, breaking tackles. He's got speed. He's got vision. He's creating yards after the catch. Uh, he is willing first downs. He's willing the Rams down the field. So more than anything else, I think Cooper Cup deserves this recognition that he has earned it, that he's fought through a lot to get to being right up there with the leaders through two games. It's only two games. There are 15 more regular season games to go. Um, Cooper Cup has not necessarily been the guy that you would bet all of your money on that he was going to play in 17 games. Uh, so I would also just be happy and, and like to see him continue to be healthy and, and not hurt in any sort of form or fashion. Uh, and that's another thing to be grateful for through two weeks. And Jalen Ramsey, also a guy who has starred through the first two weeks in the star position. He made a ton of plays in week one and got his name out there as a guy who was not just the guy who you're told via a grade is good, you know, this is what I, I don't understand about the current world. Don't y'all remember when we hated grades? Didn't we get out of school so excitedly because no longer would we have to deal with grades? Do we really want somebody giving us a grade to tell us how so-and-so did or what the current status of someone's... Uh, abilities are do you feel like every grade you received in school was a fair one you think every grade you received was a fair grade or do you think maybe some of those teachers they were had a, you know conspiratorial 
agenda against you, you know. But, uh, you know, I think that as soon as I got out of school, I said I gave the middle finger to grades and I said, have fun in uh, Tallahassee because that's where grades go to die. And uh, that's the end of my relationship with grades. So uh, I'm not a nerd. If you like grades, uh, go ahead, stand over in that line and tell them uh, what you want to, you know, whether you ask for a green or a yellow and, and pray you don't get a red, but I don't care about anybody's grade. So for someone like Jalen Ramsey, who's not playing a position like Cooper Cup, where he can also be on the leaderboards for receiving yards and whatever, Jalen Ramsey, as a defensive player, needs to go out there and make plays and cause turnovers and create sacks or whatever, force fumbles, and playing the star position is what allows him to do that, allows him to be a playmaker, allows him to be around the ball, and I think it makes it harder on opposing quarterbacks to avoid Jalen Ramsey, which uh, we saw in the fourth quarter of that game against the Colts, Jalen Ramsey intercepting Jacob Eason, which, hey, nobody will remember. So, uh, you know, uh, I think that's one of the interesting things about interceptions is that on a piece of paper or, you know, nobody looks at pieces of paper anymore, but on a screen, um, if you have an interception, you have an interception. I've never once in my life heard anybody talk about who the quarterback was, who the what the situation was, whether or not the interception was hard or impressive or easy or a gimme or a mistake or whatever. Nobody cares. They just care about the total number of interceptions. This is only Jalen Ramsey's third interception with the Rams. So it's uh, they're all big. They're all notable. They're all important. This one also happened to end the game. And so Jalen Ramsey does come up with a big pick. Jacob Eason, I think if he threw five passes, six of them might be intercepted. But who cares? I haven't noticed anybody keeping tabs on the quarterbacks throwing interceptions. You know, I've I've done it before and I've looked and I've seen, you know, a couple of years ago, Anthony Harris of the Vikings had six interceptions. They all seem to come off of pro bowlers. And I was like, wow, that guy's he's intercepting the best play. He hasn't really had that much of a career afterwards. But that year, Stefan Gilmore won defensive player of the year with like eight interceptions, nine interceptions. And they all came off of Luke Falk of the Jets. <laughs> so nobody cares. Nobody really cares what where the picks come from. So Jalen Ramsey getting his first interception of the year, he's got to find a way to get five or six or eight takeaways this season if he wants any chance at not just defensive player of the year. I think, you know, getting that sort of widespread national recognition so that people aren't just being told that Jalen Ramsey is good. They're seeing plays week after week and through two games, we've seen Jalen Ramsey as a star on the Rams and taking that position a step forward in Raheem Morris's defense to be like, Hey, I know you've heard a grade uh, that said I was good, but forget about grades, put down your lunch tray, uh, you know, go play hacky sack after lunch but uh do whatever you want to do with while you're so obsessed with grades i'm gonna go out here and uh, make plays so that's what i loved is that cooper cup and jail ramsey are starring for the rams early in the season what i hated was daryl henderson's injury not just for the obvious reasons i never want to see any players injured or lose their opportunities to play football you know whether you think a guy is 
the greatest player in the world or not that good of a player. I think uh, I would rather have give them the opportunity or I don't have the opportunity to give them any opportunities, uh, unfortunately, but I would rather have them have the opportunity to play good or bad than to be held out for an injury reason. And Daryl Henderson's rib injury could cost him games, might not cost him. At the time I'm recording this, I don't know. But whether or not he misses games or doesn't miss games, it just really exposes the Rams' biggest uh, weakness here on offense, maybe, which is the depth at the running back position. Uh, the, the Rams really, you know, other than Daryl Henderson's injury, the Rams only used 11 players on offense against the Colts. They didn't use Deshaun Jackson. They didn't use Tutu Atwell. They didn't use Sony Michelle until they, had, until they had to. They didn't use Johnny Munt, and they didn't use – uh, Jake Funk. It was only 11 players, and then Daryl Henderson's injury it made uh, Sean McVay put Sony Michelle in the game for 16 snaps. But other than that, there's pretty much no other players on the field. And when you get down to a situation where Daryl Henderson is not the running back, then all of a sudden Jake Funk becomes the longest tenured player at the position for the Rams, which is not ideal because I don't know if you know this or not. Jake Funk was drafted in May and he was a seventh round pick. And when he was at Maryland, he averaged 27 rushing attempts per year. So this is one of the least experienced um, guys in the NFL who is right near starting for a team. And that's the situation that the Rams are in. And the other guy being Sonny Michelle, who just got here this morning. So Sonny Michelle, Jake Funk, it's the biggest concern here. So I hate the injury injury to Daryl Henderson because it opens a door that you don't want to see opened. And that door is already opened three or four times with injuries to the Rams running backs already this year. And we're only two games into the season. So hate to see Daryl Henderson leave the game in any capacity. Hate to see with an injury. Henderson has played fine through two games. I think he definitely had a better game in week two than he had in week one. Made some plays out there and is the guy that Sean McVay feels comfortable with. So to not have the running back here feel co feeling comfortable with, to have to go to Sonny Michelle and Jake Funk, I can understand why that would make McVay uncomfortable. And there's not really any way around this. You can maybe try and out, go out there and try and get Todd Gurley, but there's really, or CJ Anderson, I guess, but there's, uh, there's really no way to find to give that experience with the Rams to a player that, that's just going to be either Daryl Henderson or it's going to be a guy who was not running for the Rams or maybe any NFL team a year ago. So that's kind of what I hate uh, is just already having to deal with this running back injury situation. And what I'm indifferent about is the way that the Rams won the game. I'm indifferent about judging Raheem Morris or the defense or the defensive coordinator through two games. First of all, the defense isn't looking bad to me. I noticed a lot of comments during the game. Raheem Morris's defense is not good. Raheem Morris's defense is not the same as it was as Brandon Staley, which I don't know if you remember or not, but uh, Brandon Staley, after he helped construct uh, the number one defense in the NFL and, and after before he became uh, a person who was suddenly now praised as better than Raheem Morris, um, I seem to remember that he was uh, lambasted after the Packers game for going to Lambeau Field and having done a pretty good job, but not one good enough one to win. I, I certainly, the run defense has not been a super, you know, um, tight situation for the Rams so far through two games, but it also hasn't been, I think, 
that devastating, clearly. And the Rams are 2-0. and They're pretty much allowing the same amount of points per game as they did a year ago, which is only two games. So an average of points is meaningless. But at the same time, it's not. they're not giving up 40 points a game. And everything that happened on Sunday seems pretty good to me in terms of the defense. It just wasn't, you know, it wasn't a shutout. You go on the road to face a team that has – you know, maybe the best guard in the NFL, maybe a top three center, uh, maybe a top five or top eight offensive line in total, uh, a very good defense, a team that has been to the playoffs multiple times under Frank Reich, a team that is solid pretty much all around. So um, I think that Raheem Morris through two games has done a fine job. Uh, I don't really have concerns there. Do the Rams lack talent at certain positions because they've decided to maybe try and spend more money or more resources at a few other positions on defense like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Floyd. But yes, I think that the Rams definitely have players who are like, yeah, I mean, if we didn't have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, we might have worked harder to have a different guy in this position or that position. We might have used a first uh, or a second round pick on a linebacker or whatever it is. But overall, I think the Rams played pretty well to get a win. And as far as the mistakes that they made, the special teams gaffes, if you will, I, I don't really have any concerns about gaffes, gaffes or laughs. And then uh, you move on and you, you go to the next week and you realize that either your team will have gaffes or the other team will have gaffes, but most likely in every game, both teams will have gaffes and uh, gaffes should be laughs. When, it, when a team makes a mistake, just laugh it off, go on to the next one it's okay. You know, something like what happened with Nick Scott and the punt is not going to happen again. So I think you got to just move on. If you win ugly, be more grateful than if you win pretty because wins are so hard to come by in the NFL, 11 or 12 or 13 of them in the NFC West will be extremely difficult to come by. So the Rams are two and zero, and they're one step closer to that. So I'm indifferent about trying to nitpick how the Rams won the important thing is that the Rams did win. They're 2-0, and and this podcast is 2-0. and That's crazy. This is the first undefeated podcast in NFL history, so make sure you subscribe and uh, tell a friend about Turf Show Times Radio, the podcast, to subscribe on iTunes or whatever and what have you. That's it for what I loved, what I hated, what I was indifferent about. I loved Cooper Cup and Jalen Ramsey starring. I hated the injury to Daryl Henderson, and I'm indifferent about Raheem Morris and the mistakes made on Sunday, and I'm excited to see the Rams face their most difficult opponent of the season so far in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week three, as that will be a true test of where this team is at. <laughs>